Yo, 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 what's going on, guys? And welcome back to another episode of the Bear Performance Podcast. I am your host, Nick Bear, owner of Bear Performance Nutrition. And today we're talking the art of resiliency with context to the U.S. Army Ranger School. And if you're sitting there thinking, oh man, here's this guy talking about Ranger School stories and the process again. But here's why I'm talking about it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it in this, in this sense. So you can put someone in a situation. You can put two people in a situation. You can put multiple people in a situation. Okay, but let's take two people. Let's take person A and person B. And they get through the same exact situation. Person A just says, this sucked. I didn't gain anything from it. I don't ever want to do this again. That was a waste of my time. Moves on with their life. And they do this with a lot of things. Almost everything. Everything that doesn't fulfill them or they don't find passion in or isn't fun and engaging. They say, this is bullshit. Waste of my time. Move on. Next thing. That's person A. Person B goes through the same exact situation and scenario, but instead looks at it with an open mind. So they pull away all the good, all the bad. They learn from the experience. And they add it to their and they add it to their arsenal of skills that they've learned and assessed over time, and they become a better person and they learn from this. And every experience and opportunity that they go through in life just adds to this arsenal of skills, experience and and an ability to grow and learn and get better. That's person A and person B. Same exact experience, but person A is here bitching and complaining about it and how, how it was a waste of time. And person B says, wow, this changed my life. Well, in this sense, I'm talking about resiliency in ranger school as me being person B. I'm going to talk about the story of, you know, of going through ranger school and why I was there for so long and getting through and how the things that I learned there are completely and absolutely applicable to life and within my life building a business because that is ultimately a huge part of my life, a massive, massive part of my life is building this brand, BPN. So without further ado, the story of the U.S. Army Ranger School. I'm going to preface it by saying I remember when I first branched infantry in college and all the people around me, friends, not necessarily family, but friends and, um, and people that I knew would say, don't go infantry. There are no applicable real-life skills after you get out of the military. Choose a, a branch of the military that you can use afterwards. And I'll tell you one thing. Everything that I learned while in the infantry, in the military, has been directly applicable to building this brand and life after the military. In terms of management, leadership, working with other people, learning what you're capable of doing now and in the future, and just learning who you are, you know, deep in within who you are and what you're capable of doing. So that's what I want to preface it by saying. So many people have told me and told me in the beginning, you know, choose a branch that is applicable to after you get out. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Everything I did taught me a whole lot of what I'm doing right now. And here we go. So it was February 23rd, 2014. And that is the Ranger School date that I got. So after I graduated college, I went down to Fort Benning, Georgia, and I was there for a year where I did the Infantry Officer Basic course. And I finished that. I think that was like a 16 or 17 week course. And then 
I was lucky enough to get a ranger school slot quickly after graduating the infantry officer basic course, also known as iBullock. So I trained up, got in the best shape of my life you know, while I was in iBullock because I knew the possibility of going to ranger school shortly after graduating was there. And I got the date, and I was selected to go. And February 23rd is also the best ranger competition date. So every year at Fort Benning, pretty much Fort Benning closes down for a period of time because they hold this event, this competition, where ranger-qualified soldiers can compete to be the best ranger. And, and they, uh, they, they execute this competition in teams. And a team will win the best ranger competition. And it's a six-week event pretty much from preparation to event to cleanup and closing. Well, if you went to ranger school on the February 23rd date, if you happened to recycle any of the three phases of ranger school, you had a six-week holdover because ranger school stopped for six weeks to support the best ranger competition. So going into this school, I knew I had the opportunity, not the opportunity, I had the possibility of recycling any phase and being held in that phase for six weeks, a month and a half, of really just pulling pulling some details. So February 23rd, I step into, into the course, and, uh, and we get right into it. So there are certain things that really stand out and some, some pretty specific stories when I first got there, first got started. So there's three phases. The first phase is the Darby phase of Ranger School, which is at Fort Benning, Georgia. The second phase is the Mountain phase, which is in the mountains of Dahlonega, Georgia. And then the third phase is in, it's in Florida. It's in the swamps of Florida. And each phase is about three weeks. So... Each phase starts with about a week's a week of techniques where they teach you exactly what is expected of you during that phase, how to complete the, the patrols. Um, there's something specific to that phase, whether it's mountain climbing, um, wrap week of the Darby phase, or um, techniques for the swamps in Florida. So you have a week of techniques and just and just learning what's expected of you in that phase. And then it goes into the field problem where you are in the field executing patrols, trying to get your go of passing your patrol to move on to the next phase or graduate. And that's kind of how each phase is executed and conducted. But the first phase, which is in Darby, there's a first week called RAP week. So RAP week is the ranger, what is it, ranger assessment phase. And during the, the ranger assessment phase, um, it's pretty much a physical assessment to see if you came to this school prepared for what you're about to endure the remaining time in the field. So within that first week of rap week, you're getting your balls smoked day in and day out. Like during the day, during the night, you're just getting smoked at all times of the day to physically fatigue you. And while you're getting you know, smoked, there's a few certain events you have to complete. One of those is a ranger uh, PT test, which is a five-mile run in 40 minutes or less. You have to, I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but you have to pass the push-ups, the sit-ups, and the pull-ups. And that is the, the Ranger PT test. And then you have to complete a 12-mile ruck march in three hours or less with your pack um, 
on the course. You have to complete the land navigation course, which is day and night. So essentially they give you grid, grid coordinates. And within those grid coordinates, you have to find a, a point that is there on you know, this big piece of terrain. And at the end of your time period, you have to find all of the grid coordinates that you were, you were selected for. Um, and if you don't have all those grid points, like every, every select location after the land nav course is over, you don't pass. There was a water confidence survival course that we had to go through. Uh, there were a few obstacle courses we had to pass. And I believe off the top of my head, that was pretty much it. I think one of the hardest parts was actually one of the obstacle courses where you know, you're trying to complete this obstacle course over a series of hours and they're smoking you in between each event, each obstacle, and it just felt like it lasted for days and just absolutely wrecked. So that's the first week of ranger school. And then after that, then you go into the techniques and patrols of the Darby phase. Well, day one, we get there, and we're all standing in line to get to the medical line where you get um, some shots, a physical assessment, just to make sure you're good to go before entering the school, and um, just like you know, prerequisite stuff. So we're standing in this line and before we got into line, the ranger, you know, the, the ranger course or the ranger, uh, cadre are making us chug water with hydration salts in them. And we did this the entire course. We were always drinking a shitload of water with hydration salts in it just to ensure that we weren't dehydrated or pass out. Um, and to, to mitigate that risk. So I throw back like two quarts of water with hydration salts in it and we're waiting in line to go through medical and all of a sudden I feel like I got to go to the bathroom. So I ask one of the, the ranger cadre, I said, hey, Sergeant, uh, can I please go to the bathroom? Can I use the latrine? He said, nope, not until after you get through the line. So I'm like, all right, okay. So I wait probably 15 more minutes and after 15 more minutes, like it's really hitting me. Those hydration salts, they would go through me like crazy. And I, I asked the, you know, the sergeant again, hey, sergeant, uh, can, I, can I please use the bathroom? Can I please use the latrine? I'm, I'm about to pee my pants. He said, nope. You will wait until medical is done. So my buddy's in front of me. He went through eye bullock with. I said, hey, man, I can't hold this any longer. I got I to gotta piss my pants. And he just turned around and said, don't do it. Day one, do not be that guy. And I couldn't hold it any longer. And I stood there at the position of parade rest in this line and just full send pissed my pants all over my pant leg, all over the ground. There was this massive puddle around me. Everyone's laughing at me, like trying not to get in trouble, um, but they couldn't help but laugh. And day one that I was pissed my pants. And unfortunately, I'm not proud to say it, but that wasn't the last time I pissed myself throughout ranger school. There were probably 10 to 15 more times that I did it intentionally and unintentionally just because tired, exhausted, hydration salts, can't stop and go. You're on the go all day. But that's regardless. That was day one of entering ranger school. So like I said, each week is supposed to be three weeks. And I knew going to the school that I had the potential of recycling, having a six week holdover. So I, I go through rap week, I go through my first phase of ranger school, 
And at the end, you walk into this room, they tell you if you're a go or a no-go, if you're going on to the next phase or if you're staying back for a holdover. Well, I got the bad news that I was recycling the first phase of ranger school. So I spent six weeks at Fort Benning, Georgia. So after we got that news, we were actually given the opportunity to go on an eight-hour pass. It's the only eight-hour pass you get while in ranger school because you're still at Fort Benning. So they give you eight hours. People can pick you up. You can get a taxi. You can do whatever you have to do. Get off post for a little bit. Get a good meal. Uh, maybe get a haircut. Clean up a little bit. Just rest and then be back on post before those eight hours are up. If you're not back before those eight hours are up, well, you're not moving on to the next phase. You're recycling and you're getting kicked out. That's just the way it was. So during those eight hours, I already knew I was recycling the phase. So I called my parents, let them know what was going on. Got some food, got a little bit of rest, got back to Fort Benning to find out what my next six weeks of life were going to look like. And I realized we were pretty much the slaves of the Ranger cadre at Fort Benning preparing for the best Ranger competition. Over the course of those six weeks, um, some of the things we had to do was, at one point I remember being on a Zodiac boat at, on Victory Pond, and I had a rake, and I was raking out all the algae onto the Zodiac boat and taking it back to shore, emptying it and doing that for a day. Uh, one time I remember being in the woods, and I was told that every stick or every log that was over a foot, you know, a foot wide, a foot long, had to be removed or out of sight. So I'd pick up, I'd walk around the woods, I pick up every log or piece of wood that was bigger than a foot. I carry it to this cliff, throw it over, and do that for a day. Um, we did drash tent rehearsal some days where there's these massive tents. You know, it probably takes a squad or a platoon to put up a drash tent. And we would put that up, take that down, put that up, take that down, until we were like max effective being able to put them up in like 20 minutes. A lot of things we did, but working out was not one of them. So... We actually had this pull-up bar. We had a, like a few pieces of equipment behind our barracks room. I don't know if someone left them previously or if it was like a Ranger Cadre's equipment that he just left over. But what we would do at night is we'd go back there and we'd work out. And the Ranger instructors found out we were doing this one time. They came back there and they broke our pull-up bars. They broke our weights. They threw stuff over the fence. We couldn't get it. Like They, they said working out was luxury. So for six weeks... Here we are, not working out, getting soft, pulling details. But regardless, I was, I was ready to go back into the school. Like, we were ready to go back in. So those six weeks are up. We enter the Derby phase again, another three-week course. This time I passed, I got my go, and I moved on a mountain phase. So got bussed up to the mountains of Dahlonega, Georgia, which was actually the hardest phase. You know, the mountain phase was the hardest phase for me because – at this point, I've been in the school for a while, and you're humping mountains day and night. You're sleeping very little, uh, high-stress environment, carrying sometimes up to 100 pounds if you're like the, the RTO, uh, carrying the radio, and it was just very physically fatiguing and mentally fatiguing as well because like you're under a lot of stress, you're, you have to perform, and you're expected to lead soldiers who are one tired, two hungry, and three, if they're not getting evaluated on for that day, you know, you have to you have to find the leadership abilities to inspire them, to motivate them, 
to get up, to move, to run, and to perform while on limited food, limited sleep, lack of energy, sometimes lack of motivation. You have to find that motivation and lead them throughout the process. So I'll fast forward a little bit. Three weeks later, mountain phase is over. Find out this time I was a no-go again. I failed patrols in the mountains. And the way I found out I failed patrols in mountains is I finished, after you would finish your patrol, you would get like an AAR, you know, after action review. So the ranger instructor would pull you aside. He would tell you what you did right, what you did wrong. Um, sometimes they would tell you you got to go or you not got a no-go. Or sometimes you just had to wait till the end to figure it out. Well, in mountains, the ranger instructor pulled me aside my, my first time in leadership. And he said, hey, Ranger, you are a no-go at this time because I was a a platoon sergeant for this leadership evaluation. My platoon leader for the the leadership evaluation um, executed some friendly fire, some fratricide. So everyone that was in leadership for that day had a no-go, which was out out of my control. The second time, though, I remember... Everything went perfect. Everything went to plan. I felt great. So going to the AAR, I was like, all right, let's go. Moving on to Florida, baby. And the ranger instructor pulls me aside. He says, you're an officer, aren't you? I said, yes, sergeant. He said, you know what? I was obviously enlisted, and it took me years to get this ranger school slot. I see a lot of officers get these slots right after finishing the infantry officer basic course, and they get the opportunity like none of us enlisted did, you know, took, took him years to get it. He said, because of that reason, I'm going to recycle you. So I took that one, uh, I took that one a little hard, said, Roger that Sergeant moved on. And, uh, there I was doing the mountain phase of ranger school all over again. So at this point, I was three weeks into Darby, and this is a 61-day course if you go straight through. But I did three weeks of Darby. I had a six-week of holdover. I did another three weeks of Darby. I did three weeks of mountains. Now I just found out I have to do another three weeks of mountains. Talking about being resilient, driving forward when you're not getting good news, when shit sucks, when you're tired, when you're hungry, being resilient when everything else feels like it's falling around you, it's crumbling around you. Just putting your head down and driving forward through a second round of mountains in ranger school. And this is where I started really feeling it physically. Like throughout, I could feel the breakdown of muscle. I could feel myself getting more tired and lethargic and lack of energy. But the second round of mountains is where it really, really hit me. And there's two specific things that really stand out in this phase. The one is it was probably 3 a.m. And we're walking at night, walking to our patrol base. At that point, we were walking from maybe 10 a.m. all day. And it was was 3 a.m. at this point. And we're walking. And out of nowhere, and to this day, I don't know if this actually happened or not. We all started singing the Star Spangled Banner, screaming it at the top of our lungs through this drawl 
in the mountains of Dahlonega, Georgia, screaming the Star Spangled Banner. And, you know, we're wearing night vision devices, so everything kind of feels blurry, and you start to doze off a little bit, and you hallucinate a little bit because you're tired, and you've just been in this for, for weeks at this point. But all I can remember, and like I said, to this day, I don't know if this actually happened, we're all singing the Star Spangled Banner, just belting it at the top of our lungs at 3 a.m. Not sure. Not sure if that actually happened, but I will always remember that moment, whether it did or not. And the second thing I really will vividly always remember was we got back from the field and I'm walking past a mirror in the bathroom of the barracks and I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror. And I walk maybe three feet, three feet past this mirror. I stop and I gather my thoughts. And I'm like, did I just see myself? Like, that didn't look like me. And my first time seeing myself for a while, I take those three steps back, look back in the mirror, and I see myself. And I went into this school at maybe 215, 220 pounds. And I bet you when I saw myself in the mirror, I was 165 maybe 170 pounds, skin and bones like I've never seen before. And my mind was blown. I was like, wow, I look emaciated. I look like I've been starved for weeks, which to extent we, we kind of were. So at that point, you know, we were getting two meals a day in the field, two MREs. But the way it typically worked was we would... You know, we wake up around 4.30 or 5, and we'd eat our first MRE. And then we would do all of our planning for our mission, and we'd step off around 10, 10 11, and then we hit the objective for that mission at maybe 7 or 8 p.m., walking all day. And then after we hit the objective, we would walk to our patrol base, which was maybe... You know, in mountain phase, we get there at 3, 3.30 a.m. And we'd have our second meal. So at 3, 3.30 a.m., set up our patrol base, eating a meal, sleeping for an hour or two, having another meal. So like we were, to an extreme, intermittent fasting. We'd have two meals back to back, and then we'd go from, you know, 5, 5.30 a.m., until 3, 3.30 a.m. without eating, just moving out through the, throughout the day, uh, com- completing the, the mission and hitting the objective. But walking past that mirror is when I realized, you know, the deficit has been hard and the strain physically and mentally has been tough. But talking about being resilient, and this actually did happen, this story, but we were at the top of a mountain one day on a mission and I see something in the ground as I'm in security. I'm kind of like wiping the dirt away a little bit. And what it was, was an old ranger tab in the dirt. I don't know how many years it's been in the dirt or who put that there, an old, old ranger student. But I found this old crusty ranger tab sitting in the dirt at the top of a mountain. And it felt like a sign. Like I saw that it was you know, I'm sitting in security, beat down, and I, 
I find this ranger tab, which felt like a sign, like keep moving forward. It's like drive, man, drive, Nick, stay resilient. Like don't fucking give up, suck it up. Like you went this far for this, you worked this hard, this many weeks to get to this point. Keep driving forward. You're almost there. So I packed up that ranger tab in a letter and I sent it back home to my mom and dad with the story and the meaning and, and how I'm going to drive through and make this happen. So after my second time in Mountain Phase Ranger School, I passed and graduated and I moved on to Florida. And at Florida, I finished that first time through, the only phase I went straight through. Had our first week of techniques and two weeks of patrols, which I dominated and destroyed because I was ready. I was driven. I could, I could see the light at the end of, ten, end of the tunnel. And I graduated that course. I graduated ranger school. But the thing is, I went into this school wanting and expecting to pass, but knowing that I would stay there as long as I had to until I got that tab. And why? There's a few reasons. One, I wanted it for a personal accomplishment. I wanted to prove myself. It's something I always wanted to do. I wanted to throw that tab on my shoulder. But two, I wanted to walk into my first duty assignment, show up to my platoon with that tab on my shoulder saying, you know, hey, I worked, I worked hard for this thing. And I don't want to show it off, but I want to be the best leader possible for you guys, for this platoon. And I want you to be proud of your PL, of your platoon leader. And having this tab on my shoulder, that's what it means to me. And I hope it means that to you. I'm here to work with and for you. And I want to be the best leader possible. That's why I wanted that tab. And talk about resiliency and perseverance and fucking drive, man. So I calculated it up, actually. It was 141 days that I was in this course from day one to graduation. And actually, I just hit my five-year mark of graduation like last week. It was July 14th, 2014 that I graduated. And obviously, like last week was July 14th, 2019, five years ago that I passed this course. But before we get into the, the correlation between ranger school and resiliency and building a business and brand... Tell you a little funny story. So you finish, you finish the, the school, you finish ranger school, and as soon as you find out you're done, they start to fatten you up right away. They start to feed you to send you back to Fort Benning, Georgia, so you start looking a little bit better for your family for graduation. You know they don't want you to be just skin and bones walking up to your family. So we had the ten thousand calorie days for about, I think it was like four or five days. And I remember the most glorious sights you will ever see. I mean, imagine being starved the past, what was that? March, April, May, June, like almost four and a half months, being starved for four and a half months, and then going into 10,000 calorie days, which were, you know, you wake up, you have an MRE, and then a few hours later, they'd feed you like some hot dogs, chili dogs, baked goods. And then for lunch, we'd go into DFAC and we'd eat all of our DFAC food, the dining facility food, which is a big meal. And then they would bring in Monsters and Gatorades and McDonald's and Little Caesars and Domino's Pizza. And we'd gorge our faces on this stuff. 
And then we have another meal at the dining facility. And then at night we had the opportunity to go to like uh, the ranger instructors' wives would come in with baked goods or more McDonald's and stuff like that. And we would just eat and eat and eat. We were in our glory. But one of those nights, I decided to have a bunch of monsters, a bunch of Gatorades like later in the day. And I'm sleeping in my bunk in the barracks. I'm on the top bunk. And I'm on there, and I wake up, must have been in a dream, and I thought I was still on a patrol base in ranger school. So I, I was asleep peeing. So I woke up on top of this bunk, and I, got, I took a knee, pulled my pants down, and I started peeing like I was in the patrol base, kind of. And I ended up peeing directly on the guy next to me on the bottom bunk all over this dude. He wakes up screaming, the lights going in the barracks, everyone's yelling and hollering on. Everyone's in a good mood because a lot of us knew we were graduating and finishing the school. Everyone's just losing it. But, you know, I started the school pissing my pants, and I ended the school pissing on someone else. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's kind of ironic how I started and ended it. But after we had those 10,000 calorie days, got shipped back to Fort Benning, got to see my family, got to graduate. And finish the course. And I took a lot away from those 141 days there. But the thing is, I know people that are like person A. Where they went through the course and it's just, nah, didn't learn anything, wasted my time, blah, got the time, whatever. But me, I learned so much from that experience. I learned so much about other people and working with other people and building a team, and what I'm physically and mentally capable of doing in the present and in the future, and how much I was holding myself back in the past, how I put these mental and physical like caps, limiting caps on what I could do and could accomplish. But after finishing this course, I was like, man, I've learned so much about myself, about other people, about leadership and management, and I'm going to apply this to the rest of my life. And I did just that. I did that with building a brand, with a business, with a team. And it's very similar to what I went through with building BPN. And if you guys know the story, you know, the first four years, first three or four years of building my business sucked. There was no growth. There was no revenue. There was no exposure. There was nothing. But I kept driving through. I kept filming YouTube videos. I kept creating content. I kept working on the site and working on the products and rebranding and trying to make it bigger and better. I just kept going. And just like Ranger School, where I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what I wanted to accomplish. And I knew I was going to get there. But I didn't know how long it was going to take. I didn't wake up every day saying, man, if I don't get there tomorrow, I'm going to quit. If I'm not there in five days, I'm going to quit. If I don't pass this phase, I'm going to quit. No, man. You just stay there with your head down, driving forward, and you do it as long as you possibly have to until you reach that goal and objective. That's how it was for that course to get that tab. That's how it was with my business. There was never a, hey, if I don't get there tomorrow, if I don't get there next month, if I don't get there next year, I'm done. No, it never even crossed my mind. I just was so driven behind the purpose and fulfillment of what I wanted to do 
and why I wanted to do it, that it was just straight up resiliency. You know, sometimes this word gets thrown out there. These buzzwords all the time get thrown out there on social media, by other people trying to build brands and write books and maybe record podcasts and film videos. Buzzwords right now are fucking massive and everyone loves them. But guess what? A lot of people haven't experienced them or know the true power behind them. They're buzzwords for a reason. They work. If you know the true power behind something, then you know what it's capable of. And that's why I'm such a huge advocate of experience. You know, putting yourself in positions to experience more, put yourself in positions to, you know, push what you think you are capable of. Because when you experience those opportunities, as I call them, that push you harder, that make you want to quit, where you have to find the perseverance, the resiliency, the drive, the passion, even when you don't see it all the time, when you don't see any success and any wins and it all feels like loss after loss after loss, as you keep driving through that, you're going to eventually see a light at the end of the tunnel. You're going to see little sparks of wins, little sparks of success. It's like when I was in, in mountains and everything felt like it was going to shit and I finally had this badass patrol that afterwards the ranger instructor walked up and said, hey, were you the platoon sergeant for that? For that one, that mission? I said, yes, Sergeant. He said, that was badass. That was one of the best I've ever seen. And that felt so fucking good, man. Like, through my soul, that felt good. And I'll never forget that feeling. It's the little wins you get along the way that keep you moving forward. But sometimes you're not going to see them right away. But you have to keep going. That's why this course means so much to me. The 141 days I spent there are so similar in mindset to building my brand and my business. And it's not just by coincidence that they are similar. That is just the characteristics and similarities of doing something big, doing something great and reaching some sort of large accomplishment. It takes time. And it's not guaranteed. And it's definitely not guaranteed to come on your timeline or be reached by your specific means of time. But if you keep going, it's going to show up. I promise you. So, that is my Ranger School story and why I feel so strong about the experience there and how it's applicable to building a brand or whatever else you're chasing. In my, you know, in, in my sense, it's building BPN, building Bear Performance Nutrition. And that's it. So, Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. A little insight into my mind. Um, during Ironman training right now, I'll tell you, my mind goes a whole lot of different places and I have a lot of time to think. I spent a lot of time on that bike. I spent a lot of time on the road running and a lot of time in the pool. And my mind has the opportunity to go all over the place and just think and just kind of dissect what I've done and where I'm going, where I want to be, and how I'm going to get there. But there are similarities and similar characteristics along the way to a lot of successful people and a lot of successful, successful brands. And being resilient, man, that's one of them. So if you enjoyed this podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a review. The reviews help out the podcast a lot with our exposure, with our growth, uh, and with future opportunities. 
Without further ado, see you guys in the next episode.